0: Okay, good day and welcome again to our Bible study. We're going to continue on in the book of Matthew and the gospel of Matthew in chapter 23. And today we'll be covering verses 27 through 39. So if you remember last week, kind of reviewing, going back a little bit last week, we seen that Jesus came to the religious leaders and he was talking to the crowds, but he was directing his message to the crowd, but it was towards the religious leaders. And he kept on saying, if you remember last week, woe to you. And he would call them out, right? You teachers of the law, you Pharisees. And he would always say, you hypocrites, right? So last week's lesson was on the seven woes to the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. And Jesus was calling them out because Jesus was saying, you so full of pride, right? In other words, you need to clean the inside and don't worry so much about how you look in public, what the public perceives of you. That's what basically last week's lesson was on, right? He called them out, woe to you, woe to you, you hypocrites. You Pharisees, you teachers of the law, right? You need to change. And he says, if you don't change, that's what woe means. If you don't change in the future, that something's terrible is going to happen, right? In other words, he's letting them know that if you don't change your heart, right? Because man looks at outward appearance, the Bible says, right? But God looks it upon your heart. And God knows your heart. And Jesus knows your heart. And God wants you to have a heart like jesus right so jesus is pointing this out to him saying that you need to change because if you don't change how you're doing things and how you're acting if you don't get get rid of the greed so much to speak right and the self-indulgence that you have then oh how awful it's going to be for you in the future right so what we're going to pick up today is we're going to pick up and we're going to see that he's going to continue on talking to the crowd but directing his message again Towards the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. So with that being said, open up your Bibles to Matthew 23 verses 27 through 39, and we'll finish up with chapter 23 today. So 27, verse 27 says this. He says, "Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside. You are full of bones, which are dead, and everything is unclean. Now, once again, we see that Jesus says, woe to you. And that means it's a call to change, right? In other words, if you don't change, then you get, if you continue going in the direction that you're going is what he's saying right here, then how awful is going to be for you in the future, right? And, and we know what that means. That means if they don't change their ways, if they don't repent, if they don't accept right, Jesus, If they, you know, and, and, and the message is true to us today, because if we don't change our ways and be more holy and allow the Holy Spirit, right, to come upon us, so to speak, then how awful is going to be for us, and that's what he's saying here, that unless you make a change in your life for the good, for God, right, then you're going to be condemned, that's what he's saying, right, and he's not only talking right here, he's directed this towards the Pharisees, but but we can. he's talking to society in general. And basically the message is for our society in general today, if you really look at it, right? Because unless society, the people in society change, then how awful it's going to be. And we see this, and the Gospels tell us this, and Jesus tells us this, especially in Matthew 24, which we're going to get to next week. And we're going to spend a great deal of time on Matthew 24, and you're going to see... Throughout Matthew 24 that Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the end times and what to look for and what some of the signs to look for, right? And one of those signs is this. He tells us that in the last days is that evil will prevail and it seems like evil is going to win, right? But we know that in the end, in the very end, it doesn't, right? But we see that, that what is good, right, is going to be considered so much evil and really what is evil in society's eyes is going to be considered good, and, and we sort of see in some of that stuff today, in, in, in our world in general, right, and Jesus is saying that unless we change, unless the people change as a society, right, then how awful it's going to be for us, and you might ask this question, where does this change begin, this change begin in the word of God, that's where it begins, It begins in a person's heart, right? By allowing Jesus into your heart, by accepting him as your Lord and Savior, by allowing the Holy Spirit, right, to dwell in you and upon you, right? Taking on the character of Jesus, right? But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen because Jesus says this in the Gospels that the majority of society today will not change and why do I say this right because Jesus is the one that said this in Matthew 7 3 when Jesus says this enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many will enter through that gate so what Jesus is telling us here in, in that in that in that scripture is that very few people in other words are going to Accept Jesus as the Messiah. Is going to accept them into their heart. Is going to be into the eternal kingdom of God. Because he says enter through that narrow gate. But look what he says. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Jesus is saying that many people will be on this broad road. That leads to this wide open gate. But that gate leads to damnation. It leads to what we know as hell. That's what he's saying here. And he says many will enter through that gate. So Jesus is giving us, basically, uh, he, he's given us insight to what the kingdom of God holds for the future of people, right? And unless people change, is the message that Jesus is trying to get us to understand, unless we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us, unless we accept him as our Lord and Savior, Unless we start living spiritually and not worldly. That's what Jesus is saying, right? He's saying, unless that happens, woe to you. Meaning, how awful it's going to be in the future. And look what else he says. He points them out. Teachers of the law and Pharisees. He says, you hypocrites. Now, these people were not just spiritual leaders, right? We also know that they were... They held some type of governmental positions. What do I mean by that? Is Because they worked closely with the Sanhedrin to control law and order in Israel for the Roman government. That's what they did. So you can say that these teachers of the law, these Pharisees, these Sadducees, the scribes, right? They not only were spiritual leaders, but we can say they also was some type of governmental leaders. And he says hypocrites. Hypocrites means you know the truth. But yet you don't practice the truth. In other words, you say all these things. When they sit upon the seat of Moses, let's go back a couple of lessons. They preach the law. They read the law. But the minute they get out that seat of Moses, if you remember what Jesus says, Jesus tells the crowd, don't follow them and don't listen to them because they really don't practice what they preach. In other words, they're hypocrites. They tell you to follow this. But yet they themselves don't do this, remember? Because they perverted the law. Because what they did with the law of Moses, they implemented their man-made laws, right? Their religious laws to benefit them, right? And Jesus is saying, you hypocrites. Look what else he says. You are like whitewashed tombs. You see, whitewashed tombs look good to the naked eye on the outside right but what's the primary characteristics of a tomb it's not what's on the outside but it's on the inside right see the outside looks good to the human eye it's white it's shiny it's beautiful right but it has no effect whatsoever that what's going on on the inside of that tomb and Jesus says this cuz he continues on in that verse and he says Which look beautiful on the outside. So he's saying. Man you look great on the outside. As far as how you preach. And what you say. But on the inside. He says you are full of bones. That are dead. And everything is unclean. He says. So when the word he says unclean. If you remember on last week's lesson. We said that that word means. That you are rejected by God. God which simply means this you don't have God's power you don't have his character he you you not in his presence so to speak or in other words all these provisions all these things that relate to God right see when you are in a state of being unclean spiritually then those things they can't be received right you see when you are unclean You are rejecting God's influence in your life, right? Because if you are unclean, then you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to dwell in you, right? And and this is what he's saying about the leadership in Israel. That's what he's telling these religious leaders, right? He says, and and the people, he, he looks at the people and he says, if you follow their teaching, the scribes and the Pharisees, right? Then they're really not speaking the truth of God to you, he says, right? Then you're going to find yourself, he says, rejected by God, right? In other words, you're going to find yourself not having the access to his presence, to his power, to his provision in your life. In other words, you're not going to do the will of the Father, right? That's what he's saying here, verse 28. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, But on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Some of your Bibles might say lawlessness, right? So what he's saying is, on the outside, you appear to be all holy. You appear to be all righteous, right? But really, on the inside, you're totally different. See, God knows your heart. And that's what he's saying here. Because on the inside, all you want to do is condemn people. On the inside, what you want to do is, is you looking for somebody to mess up so you can throw the law at them so you can have them beaten, stone, or whatever the law said you had to do. In other words, you're not showing grace, mercy, and compassion, and love on people. You're not taking on really the character of God, the character of Messiah, Jesus. What he's saying is you're full of hypocrisy. You say one thing, you speak the truth to these people, but yet... You don't live by the truth. You live totally different lives. He says, you're wicked. You're full of lawlessness, right? You see, we're moving in a transition, right, that's going to lead us into a teaching of the end times in chapter 24, as I just stated a couple of minutes ago. And when we see the term wickedness, or we see this term lawlessness, right? That means that which goes against the law of God. Now, remember the word that he used a couple of minutes ago, what he said. He said, you appear to be righteous to men. In other words, you appear to be holy on the outside. He said, but you're really not, right? In other words, instead of being holy and having the characteristics of God, he says, you carry lawlessness. That's what you have, the characteristics of wickedness. You have the characteristics of evilness, right? And, and I want to share with you this, right? We find that Jesus, and also we find this, that the Apostle Paul uses this same word or term we can say, lawlessness, right, or wickedness, right, when speaking about the Antichrist, right? So what he's saying is, is when we are subject ourselves to false teaching. That's what Jesus is trying to tell the crowds here. About these scribes and Pharisees. When you witness yourselves to false teaching. In other words. When you don't study to show yourselves approved to God. In other words. When you're not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Is what he's saying of God. Right? Right? Then you come in conflict with or, or you take, I guess, the character of that which is what? Evil. That's what he's saying. Because he, he says on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness, lawlessness, right? He's saying instead of taking on the character of God, you've been deceived because you've taken on the characteristics of this antichrist, of false. Messiah right and we see that Jesus is going to speak to his disciples in the coming weeks and he warns them about this right he warns them about false teaching and he warns them about right the wicked one that's to rise later on that's where he's getting at right here that's what he's pointing to right you see and this is what happens right when when we don't get taught the truth of God right let's relate this to our everyday life we can say right when See, a lot of us are going to be deceived because when you're not hearing the full truth of God, when you're only hearing bits and pieces of what your pastor or what your reverend or, or whoever the priest wants to preach to you, so to speak, but he's not calling and he's not teaching the whole word of God, then you're going to be deceived, right? And, and, and you might be in a type of environment or in this type of environment where, where you hear the truth. In other words, what the Bible actually says, but but you really don't agree with it. You really get angry or you get upset. It pricks you, in other words, right? The truth of God pricks you. It, it It's going to sting you a little bit. That's what God says. It will be the truth. See, and, and if you're in that type of environment and situation where you hear somebody speaking the truth of God, and it pricks you a little bit, pricks your conscience, it pricks your soul, Right? And you get mad at whoever's teaching the word of God, the truth of God. Well, don't get mad at them. Because they're just the messenger. See, if you hear the truth and it pricks you, so to speak. Right? A teacher might say something. A Bible teacher or a pastor might say something that kind of rubs you the wrong way. But it's the truth of God. Then you take it out on them and you hold it against them. And you say, I'm going to find me another church. Or I'm going to find me another Bible study because, you know, I don't like what they say. But they're speaking the truth. You see, if you're in that type of environment that's not speaking the truth of God totally, then you're going to be deceived. That's what Jesus is basically telling us in our times today. And we know that this is going to happen. Because we know if you read the Bible and you study the Bible, right? And you have a good teacher that teaches the Bible to you. You know that in the end times, that's exactly what's going to happen to a lot of people on this earth. They're going to be deceived by the one that calls himself the lawlessness one, the Antichrist, right? The false Messiah. And look what else Jesus says. In the same way on the outside, you're, you appear to people as righteous so he's saying you appear to man right, to be righteous, but God knows that you're not righteous. Again, man look at outward appearance, but God look it upon the heart, right? But on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. He says you, you, you preach it, you preach the truth, but yet you don't practice it, right? In other words, all these religious leaders were the same right? They took their man-made laws, their religious laws, and and they perverted the word of God using their man-made laws. And he says, and you decorate the graves of the righteous, right? So we see a connection here between the prophets and the term righteous, you can say. And why is that? It is only when we look when we learn, when we understand, and we apply prophetic truth to our lives, that it produces righteousness, right? Now, let's understand something about the prophets, right? When you hear about prophets, a red flag should go up. in our. Right now, a red flag should go. We should be able to learn, in other words. Why? Because the scripture tells us this, that in the last days, and I believe this. I get asked this question a lot. Do, we, do you think we're in the last days? I think we're at the very beginning of the last days, right? And how do I know that? By prophecy. That's how you know it, when you study the prophets, right? See, there's a lot of people that study the Bible that just like to read the Gospels. They like to study the Gospels. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm going to tell you what's more, what's, what's more important. Than, than the, and the Gospels are important. I'm not saying it's not because it tells you the life about Jesus and what Jesus did. But what's more important than that is prophecy, right? When you understand and know what the future holds. And it's all in in the Holy Bible. So things that's happening in the world today, that was predicted by prophets, the true prophets, right? But Jesus warns us that in the last days, right, going back to the scripture, the Bible tells us that many people, many people, there's going to be an increase in prophets, which means... They're going to be deceived. And we see this happening today. Right? In other words, people call themselves prophets, right? Man, if you call yourself a prophet, in other words, you are speak- God is speaking directly to you. And if God speaks directly to you, then God is never wrong. Because God doesn't lie. Right? God is 100% correct all the time. Not sometimes. But all the time, right? And, and what we're seeing today is an increase in false prophets. And why do I say that? Because if let's just look at the last presidential election. There was a lot of prophets out there that got it wrong. And still getting it wrong today, right? And, and they'll come back and they say, oh, but I just got that wrong. No, 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 no. If you're a true prophet of God, then you're not going to get nothing wrong. So to me, the only true prophets are in this book, the Holy Bible, right? Prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah, right? And Ezekiel, right? Daniel and Joel, right? And Zechariah, right? All those major and minor prophets that we studied in the Old Testament, right? So to me, true prophets are the only true prophets found in in, in, in the Holy Bible right? Because if you're a prophet, you don't get it wrong. And every prophet that I heard in the last two or three years, just about every one of them got it wrong. So it tells you what Jesus said here is the truth. That towards the end times, right? And that's where we headed, towards the end times. That there will be an increase in false prophets, he says. So you need to be on alert. Verse 30. And you say, he's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders, right? If, you had, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them being in the shedding of the blood of the prophets. So now they acknowledge that their forefathers killed the prophets. And we know they did, right? Because we study the 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles. And what God would do, God would send a prophet to the king, Right? Whoever was in charge at that time, and we know that Israel was split into northern and southern. The northern kingdom was called Israel, and the southern kingdom was called Judah. Right, and in the southern kingdom there was only five good kings, a handful of good kings. But in the north, there was none. And we know when God was send a prophet to those kings, right? We know that they all weren't righteous. We know that they weren't all godly, because what happened? They would kill them prophets, right? They would torture them prophets and that's what they're saying here right so they acknowledge they acknowledge that their forefathers killed the prophets right and you might say why because they didn't want to hear the truth of God they didn't want to hear God's revelation pertaining to their lives and pertaining to the the activities what was going on at that time in other words they didn't want truth to produce righteousness in their lives right and when someone has their own agenda Right? In other words, when someone is living in sin, someone's living according to the flesh, according to the world, Right? these people, they don't want to have anything to do with God or the truth of God or anybody that speaks the truth of God. They're going to flee from them. They're going to want to get away from them, right? And we know as the last days progress and we get closer to the coming, the second coming of Jesus, right? We know that people will be persecuted and killed and beaten for speaking righteousness and the truth of God. The Bible says that. Jesus says that. The apostle John showed us that in the book of Revelation, right? That And in the end times, that you're going to see an increase in what? Torture towards believers, right? And we can say that these religious leaders, right, in the time that Jesus is speaking of right here, some 2,000 years ago, they said, well, we're not like our forefathers that did that. That's what they're saying. But look what Jesus says in verse 31. He says, so you testify against yourselves that you are the sinners of those who murdered the prophets. So Jesus is saying you admit that your forefathers did these things. And look what else Jesus says in verse 32. He says, go ahead then. Complete what your ancestors started. So Jesus is saying right here that you have the same mentality as your forefathers. As your ancestors. That's what he's saying. He says, you snakes in verse 33. You brood of vipers, he says, right? How will you escape being condemned to hell? So notice right here. Jesus is telling them, if you don't change. Right now, you're like a bunch of snakes, he says, right? You're deceiving. You're conniving, right? You, sort of, right? you sort of sneak up on people where you tell them you speak the truth of God, but yet when you get out in society, you pervert the word of God to fit your own religious agenda, your own man-made rules. That's what Jesus is saying, right? He's saying if you don't change. Then you're going to be condemned to hell. That's what he's saying. Now notice, once again, Jesus speaking about judgment and he's speaking about hell, right? And there's a lot of people, this this is not fun for them. They don't want to hear this. This is not, when somebody preaches the truth of God, sometimes it doesn't make you feel good all the time. Sometimes it, 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 it's going to prick you and it's the truth of God. And, and there's some people that say, oh, there's no way that Jesus is like this. There's no way that God condemns, that God judges. Oh, yeah, he does. Because we know in the last days, the Bible says that God the Father is going to turn all power over to Jesus. And Jesus is going to be the one to judge. Jesus, Jesus is going to be the one to condemn. Jesus is going to be the one to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Or, you know what? You never knew me. So I never knew you depart from me, you wicked and evil, right? So so what we see here is that Jesus is pointing out judgment and hell. That there is a hell. And there is judgment that is coming, right? And if you're in a church that your pastor doesn't speak on hell, right? It doesn't speak on being condemned, being judged. Then I'm going to tell you this, you better leave that church. You better run as far away and as fast away from that church and that pastor as possible because that's false teaching, right? And you might say, why is that false? Why is that false teaching? Because he's not giving you the entire truth. He's not giving you the counsel, the word of God. He's, he's giving you bits and pieces that he wants you to see, right? And if, if you involve yourself, you better run. Because that's what, this is the message that Jesus has for the people about these religious leaders that only not they're going to be condemned, but if you sit and listen to this, that also you're going to be condemned. Verse 34. Therefore, I'm sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and you will crucify, others you will flog. In your synagogues and pursue from town to town. So look at that first text where it says, Therefore I'm sending you prophets, sages, and teachers, right? Now, these people that Jesus is talking about here are true prophets and teachers sent by God. In other words, those people have the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon them. He says, Second, Part of that text. Some of them you will kill and crucify, he says. and others you will fall in your synagogues and pursue them from town to town. Now we know from the book of Revelation that in the last days that God will send these types of people through the nation of Israel, right? Through all the cities throughout Israel. However, they're not going to complete their job from going to city to city, Proclaiming the truth of God. Proclaiming the word of God. Why? Why, you say? Because they're going to be killed. They're going to be persecuted, right? And this is what Jesus is pointing out to them. Verse 35. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth. From the blood of the righteous, Abel, to the blood of Zechariah, whom you murdered between the temple. Some of your Bibles might say sanctuary and the altar. Now we know that Abel that he's talking about here is the first human that was murdered in the Bible. That's really the first murder where Cain king killed his brother Abel. Why? Because Abel was righteous according to God's eyes, right? And, we, and the Zechariah that he's speaking of, we aren't sure what Zechariah it is, but that's not what's important. What's important here is this guy, Zechariah, was a righteous man. And he was killed. In the same way that Abel was killed because he was righteous and holy according to God and in God's eyes, right? So what he's telling us is this, that there's coming a time in the last days that there will be great persecution to those who speak righteously. You see, Jesus here is laying the foundation of what is to come in chapter 24 when he sits down on the mount of olives and he speaks to his disciples about the last days and the signs of the last days so we see here that in the last days those who speak truth those who live righteous and holy those people who proclaim the gospel that say i love jesus right they're going to be persecuted they're going to be beaten they're going to be flogged they're going to be put to death and we know this we see this happening in the world today with christians that proclaim the gospel message of Jesus Christ, right? They're killed today, right? In the Middle East, we see it. So this is happening today. So this is one of the signs that Jesus is going to point out again in Matthew 24 that the last days are approaching soon. We're at the very beginning of the last days, people. Verse 36, Truly, truly, I tell you, all this will come on this generation. Now, what he's leading up to here is that he's saying that Israel is about to be done away with, right? In other words, it's going to be no more. Israel's going to go into exile. And what exile am I speaking about? The exile that happened in 70 AD or so, right? With the destruction of the temple, right? The burning down of the city, the destruction of the city by the Roman government, right? We're speaking about the roaming exile, right? The longest and most bitter of all exiles. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's pointing this out to him. Jesus said, this will happen. Start with your generation. And you know what? It did. Because 40 years after Jesus died, his burial, and Jesus was resurrected, right? The father rose him from the grave, right? Rome took over. And the temple was burned, the city was destroyed, and the people went into exile. However, back in 1948, see this is a prophecy again that was fulfilled. Back in 1948, the nation of Israel was reborn again, right? And this has great prophetic importance, right? For the last days, for the end times, right? And we're going to speak more about that in Matthew chapter 24. Verse 37, Jesus cries out, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. So Jesus cries out here, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, right? Jesus is saying with great heaviness, right? He's weeping. He's crying over the spiritual condition of the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, right? Remember, these were God's chosen people, chosen nation, right? Not his favorite, but chosen. In other words... God wanted to use them to take the message of God and the kingdom, his kingdom, to the whole world, right? And we know that he did through Abraham, but it's the Gentiles that accepted this before the Jewish people, right? There's 90-something percent of the Jewish population today does not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, right? They still live by Judaism, right? By The Torah. The first five books of our Old Testament. Right? And the Pharisees lived by the Torah. But also by the prophets. But yet they were blinded to see. That Jesus was the Messiah that the prophets pointed to. Right? And we all know that this is prophetic. Because it's all going to have a significance in the end times. Which we're going to speak about next week. That's why I'm excited to get to Matthew chapter 24. Right? And we're going to spend... A great deal of time and, and dig deep into chapter 24 in the book of Matthew starting next week because it's, it's signs that we all need to know about the end times, right? That we need to change. We need, we need to get the gospel and the good news out to the world and tell people about Jesus and the kingdom of God and what is to come, right? Because it's for eternity, right? See, where you're going next is more important than this life that we live today right stuff that we feel is important today has no significance whatsoever right see if you one that has money if you one that that likes to to you know buy material things and man you can't take that with you to the kingdom of heaven you might have a wonderful heart and you might love jesus but you have a problem with material things and money and money rules your life right you can't take that with you to heaven right and you better get right with god and you better know god first you better know his son jesus you better, be, you better invite the Holy Spirit into your heart is what I'm saying. Because if you, first off, if you don't do that and you don't repent of your sins and you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you won't make it to the eternal kingdom of God, right? Because remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 3, what he said, right? That, that road that is broad, it has that wide gate, that's wide open, leads to hell, leads to destruction, right? And many's gonna have, Many's going to be on that road, but very few is going to find that narrow road that leads to that narrow gate, that leads to the eternal kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is warning us again, get right with God. How? Through his son Jesus, right? By accepting Jesus in your heart, by allowing the Spirit to work in you and through you. Look at verse 38, what he says. He says, look, your house is left. You, desolate, right? And the word desolate here means it's the same word or same term for, for wickedness, right? Or, or, or being in the wilderness, being in the desert, right? And, and you might say, well, we spoke about that a little bit in the, uh, the Old Testament, right? In the book of Genesis, so to speak, in the book of Exodus, right? And we know we did because we know that God sent the Israelites out in the wilderness For 40 plus years, right? Why? Because they were disobedient. And God did that for a reason. To teach them that they needed to rely on God. That they needed to obey God. Obey who? Him. Trust in Him. And what the scripture is saying here is that all this is happening, right? In other words, it's it's in the future, It's happening now, but it's going to happen in the future. Talking about the destruction of the temple, right? The city of Jerusalem. The people going into the longest, most bitter exile ever. And that happened nearly 2,000 years ago to the nation of Israel, right? It's all happening for one reason. That's what Jesus is trying to teach us here. It's to teach that people need to be dependent upon God and trust Him. The question I have for you is, are do you trust in God? Maybe you're going through a situation today, right? Might be finances, it might be a medical condition, right? Might be something with your child, right? He's going off, he's on the wrong course, he's off course, so to speak. Do you really trust in that God can provide for you? Because that's really what faith is. It's really believing. You see, when you really believe in your heart that God is in control. It does not matter what the devil in life throws at you. It doesn't. Because remember, the devil only throws at you what God allows. And God maybe is testing your faith right now. And God is maybe telling somebody that's listening right now saying, Do you really trust in me? Right? Because right now you might be in the wilderness, right? That's how you feel, some of you. You You might feel that you lost and that you're roaming around just like the Israelites did. Some 40 plus years, right? And again, you feel like you're going around in circles just like they were. And God's saying, I got the end right here. I can get you to your destination, I can fix your problem. But the problem is, you don't have full confidence and trust in me. You're not faithful to me and my son Jesus. That's what God's telling us right here today, some of us. Again, Are you faithful to God through His Son Jesus? Are you trusting in His plan that He has for you right now? Do you see that light in that dark place in the wilderness that you're in? Because if you see the light, the end is near doesn't matter what life throws at you. It doesn't matter the problems you have. And you know that God is in control and the Bible says those who believe upon the Lord, right? Those who believe in God, right? That God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. That all things good come out to those who believe. So you might be in a wilderness place right now. You might be in a desert. It might be barren, so to speak. But life is right around the corner. If you only believe, if you only trust, if you only will obey and allow the Spirit to rule your life. Huh? Verse 39, last verse for today. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes upon the name of the Lord. So we see here that Jesus is quoting Psalm 118 and he's saying you will not see me again until you till I say this until you say this right and you see this is what he's saying is a messianic prophecy right this is what's going to happen at the end times because we know this during the tribulation period right before Jesus second coming the nation of Israel right they're going to be persecuted because we know what's going to happen, this leader of this nation that's controlled by the devil, called the Antichrist, is going to come into power. So the Book of Revelation talks about. It's what Daniel talks about. We know that he's going to come into power, and he's going to defend Israel. He might even build a temple for Israel, but at the three and a half year mark. Right? He's going to sign a seven year peace agreement with Israel. But at the three and a half year mark, he turns his back on the Jewish people. Now, at first, man, when he defends Israel, because the whole world's going to be against Israel, the Bible says. The people of Israel, the Jewish people, they're going to say, man, this is the Messiah that we've been waiting for. This is Messiah Ben David, right? The Messiah that comes from the lineage of King David, who we've been waiting for, our protector, our king, our warrior. But boy, they going to be deceived. Because three and a half years into it, the that peace treaty, the peace agreement, what's going to happen? He goes into the Holy of Holies. He declares himself God. And he stops all worship in the temple. He stops all sacrifice in the temple. And he says, you worship me. And only me. And you have to take the mark, his mark being the mark of the beast. And the Bible says that mark is represented by a number that's 666. Now, what that is, we're really not sure, right? And we're going to talk more about that in Matthew 24, also, right? But we see that at the three and a half year mark, there's going to be some Jews that's going to realize. We've been deceived. We were wrong. And they're going to flee to Petra, which is modern-day Jordan. And the Bible says that God will protect that remnant that's left of the Jewish people. And while they're in Petra, they're going to repent. And they're going to cry out. And they're going to call. And they're going to quote Psalm 118 and they're going to say this blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and that's what Jesus is saying here that you will see me again you won't see me ever again until those words are spoken and when those words are spoken at the end of the seven year tribulation period Jesus we know comes back with the church and he comes back And he steps foot on the Mount of Olives. And when he steps foot on the Mount of Olives, the Bible says that that what? That mountain does what? It splits. Right? It splits in half and there's a valley that forms. And that valley is going to usher in the millennial kingdom and eventually the eternal kingdom of God. Right? And how do I know That all this is speaking about the nation of Israel. Because the prophet Jeremiah says that in chapter 7. Right? He says, I know there's coming a time where there's going to be a trouble for Jacob. Right? Jacob's trouble. Right? And we all know that Jacob in the Bible is considered the nation of Israel. So all of this is prophetic truth. So that we can understand God's purposes. In other words, the plans that God has. For this world. How God will work. Especially. How he will work. Upon the nation of Israel. And the Jewish people. In the very last days. And this is why again. I'm so excited. Right. About covering. Matthew chapter 24. Right. I believe that this chapter. Is one of the better chapters. In all of scripture. Right. Well until next week. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. You have a wonderful and blessed week. God bless and we love you.